0: Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Okay, we're going to jump into the Word today. So grab your Bible, grab something to take notes with and uh, I'm going to share a few things about the next part of the Sermon on the Mount in our Kingdom Culture series. Just give you a few thoughts and then we're going to uh, dismiss it to the house churches to be able to have discussion and then also online I'm going to give you a few takeaways for this week that you can be processing through uh, as well. So uh, grab your Bible and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 today. Matthew chapter 6 we're going to be looking at the next part of the Sermon on the Mount and we're going to be in uh, starting in verse 25 and I'm going to read this section of scripture verse 25 through 34 and give you context over um, this passage of scripture that we're looking at Um, just just so you know this passage follows up the section where Jesus had just talked about where your treasures excuse me where your treasures are there your heart will be also so he just addressed that and this is now the follow-up portion to that that's gonna be talking about the topic we're looking at today so verse 25 says this, this is Jesus this is why or that is why what he had just talked about I tell you not to worry about everyday life whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will also certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Anybody convicted yet? Yeah, me too. Verse 31, So don't worry about these things saying, What will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers sobering and probably convicting passage uh, as we read through it because you're probably identifying and saying, yeah, I, I think I tend to fall maybe in the worry category a little bit. But it's also a really encouraging passage when we look at this really lays out how much God cares for us. And it's encouraging to his people who when we when we really are able to land and have trust in God. Trusting the reality of the fact that He cares for us more than we can ever take care of ourselves, He takes care of us more than we can ever take care of ourselves, and uh, and it paints this picture of just the love of God towards us. But there's a couple of thoughts I just want you to have as you're as you're going through today, because there there's a really fine line uh, I think as we look at this. Right, the, really it boils down to the crux of it is trust. Trust versus worry is really what we're talking about. And, uh, and, and and this is, a, I think, a concept that's easy to understand. It's one that's very hard though for us to actually live out in life. And I would say very hard for us to live out in our Western culture. Uh, it's very hard for us to release control, to release authority, to actually be in a place where we say, yeah, I trust somebody else for my livelihood and I'm going to give up that control of taking care of myself. It's very hard. It's something that our, our culture does not do well at, but within this text there is a reality of something that we we have to address, because a lot of questions come up when we say, well, the lilies don't do anything, right? And and the birds, what do they do, right? And and God takes care of them, and there's this aspect of the fact that God does very much care for us, and there's also a different part that we have to understand as a part that we play as well. So here's here's some some different thoughts. For you and I want you to think about these in the context of responsibility versus worry. Okay, responsibility is a kingdom word. Stewardship is a kingdom word. When we look at our lives we are very much responsible to make sure that we are making wise choices, we're making wise decisions, we're doing well with the things that we've been given. But that can't cross a very fine line to the point of worrying about our life, we have to be responsible, but we can't allow our responsibility to cross over into worry. Uh, David Guzik, who's a, who has a commentary, he says this in his commentary about this passage: There is a difference between a godly sense of responsibility and an ungodly, untrusting worry. Now, this is this is the kicker. However. An ungodly, untrusting sense of worry usually masquerades as responsibility. I thought that that wording was very, very interesting. And there's a really interesting thing that we should remember. The birds don't worry, right? This is what Jesus was saying. The birds don't worry about where they're going to be fed, but they do work. Birds don't just sit with open mouths expecting God to fill them. And this is where responsibility versus worry comes in. Are we called to be diligent and to work hard at the things that are in front of us? Absolutely. But we are not supposed to worry about them. Never ever in the Bible do I ever see a time when Jesus says, sit back, do nothing, and I will just feed your mouth. No, we have a very important part. From the very beginning of creation, God came to Adam and said, hey, fill the earth and subdue it. You have a job to care for the earth. There is work that you are to do, but in the work, we cannot worry about what's going to happen. And this is where the the fine line between responsibility and worry comes in because we have to make very, very sure that we sit on the side of responsibility about the things that we have in our lives and the things that we've been stewarded in, and we don't cross the line into worrying about every moment of every day. So one of the things though that gets us to this place of worry that I think we can all identify with in one shape or another is the idea of value. Because one of the things I think that can cause us and limit us from actually trusting God with our life and giving up worry and giving up anxiety is that we have a hard time actually buying into the fact that we have value to God. See, for so many of us, that is the hiccup. That's the catch. Do I actually believe that I'm valuable to God? Because if I really do, then I buy into the idea that God is the one taking care of me, supplying my needs, watching over every detail of my life. But I think for so many people, and sadly, I think this is true with Christians, so many Christians, probably some of you watching, it's really hard for you to wrap your head around the fact that I am actually valuable to the king. And why are you valuable to him? Because he made you. He crafted you. He formed you. He knit you together in your mother's womb. He cares about every detail of how you were made and because he cares about every detail of how you were made, he for sure will take care of every detail of your life. The, the, The value that's placed on your life is something that we are not going to fully be able to understand here on earth. And the reason for that is because a lot of times we equate our value with how we're being cared for right here and now how are my needs being met right here and now we we bring it into the temporal space and this is why the true value that god has on us won't truly be able to be understood until we stand before him in eternity one day and the light bulb goes off as to why he did what he did, why he sent Jesus, why Jesus paid the price and showed great value in you so that in eternity you could have salvation. But we look at our circumstances so many times and we say, well, I don't feel valuable because my circumstance right now does not show that I'm valuable. See, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom culture, which is what we're talking about is the antithesis of the world, says that because you have such great value, your future is prepared for. The small, short existence here is nothing compared to what is to come, and it is in this that God showed his value for us. Another another aspect to this passage is when we look at the fact that what Jesus was really addressing, and this is why it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be added to you. Well, a big part of that is realizing that you and I were designed for more. We were created for more than a temporal, comfortable, sometimes cozy existence where everything is taken care of. Listen to this, the worry that Jesus spoke about reduces man to the level of an animal who is merely concerned about physical needs. But you were created for so much more and you have eternal matters to pursue. You have eternal matters to pursue. I like that. Therefore, because the kingdom of heaven is so greatly superior to earthly pursuits, it deserves our attention. You and I belong to the kingdom of heaven and because of that, our whole purpose for being here shifts. Our pursuits are completely different. If we call ourselves believers and if we align ourselves to what Jesus is talking about, this is a hugely important thing that we have to wrap our heads around. Now, is he saying sell all your house and get rid of all your stuff? Well, if he's telling you to do that, then you should probably listen to that. But the greater thing, what he's actually encouraging us to do is to say, listen, you were made for more. So don't settle, don't settle. Don't think that your entire existence is wrapped up into whether you have provision, financial provision, resource, position, everything. Don't settle for something that I did not create you for. Jesus didn't ever say in there to just stop worrying. He told us to replace worry with concern for the kingdom of God. Listen to that again. Jesus did never tell us to stop worrying, but he did tell us to replace worry with concern for the kingdom of God. What are we concerned about? What are you concerned about? What drives your thoughts? What drives your attention? What drives your finances? What drives your time? Because I think that there's a lot that can be said in how we live our life, how we do the things that we do. Are we showing with our lives that we are actually pursuing the kingdom of God and buying into the fact that we were created for something more than just existing in the world? Or are we showing that we carry a lot of worry because we've missed something that Jesus was trying to help us understand. My final thought for you here, and then we'll we'll close and we'll jump into conversation. It says here to seek first the kingdom. And I was thinking about this from a perspective of what we spend time and resource doing if we're passionate about something. If I'm passionate about something, I'll do whatever it takes to be involved with that thing. Think about you. In your life, the things that you're passionate about, you will spend money on, you'll spend time on, you'll make concessions and other things to be able to let that be a priority in your life. We all do it, right? We all do it. And so you have to say, okay, where am I passionate about? And is what I'm passionate about the kingdom? Or have I gotten really passionate about something that the world offers a habit or a passion can only be given up for a greater habit or passion think about that a habit or passion can only be given up for a greater habit or passion think about the habits of your life think about the passions of your life well if we're really going to be honest with ourselves and say that we want to seek first the kingdom, we want to be passionate about the kingdom. well that passion is going to outweigh every other passion in our life, every every other habit in our life. It's going to outweigh it. So you want to know whether your life is passionate about the kingdom? Well, you'll look about, Your life, what do you spend your time? What do you spend all that with? Because if the kingdom of heaven is passion, a passion point for your life, it will dictate every other part of your life because it will be the priority. That doesn't mean you go and, and, and become a pastor or you go drop everything and go to seminary, no. No, that means you live your life kingdom focused, right? You live your life on purpose. See, husbands, and wives can be on mission and be kingdom focused in their passion. What does it look like? To extend the kingdom of heaven in your marriage means that you are passionate about loving the other person. You are passionate about seeing God's best in the other person. You're passionate about this. If you're a parent with your kids, Seeking first the kingdom means that there's a passion for the kingdom that drives you and motivates you in how you parent and how you lead your children. You actually have a goal in mind of where you want your kids to end up. If you're an employee, you have seeking first the kingdom of God in your job means that you have a passion to let the kingdom of God be shown through your life into the situation that you're at. It doesn't mean a massive uh, career change. It does mean a priority change based off of the passions of your life. Some of us are very, very passionate when it comes to sports, when it comes to extracurricular activities. Some of us are very passionate when it comes to some of these things. Well, passion for them is not a bad thing. But we have to hold that passion for those things up to our passion for the kingdom of heaven. And if our passion for the kingdom of heaven is not higher than our passion for other things, it will lead to worry, it will lead to anxiety, it will lead to fear about the future because we are not passionately pursuing the kingdom of God. So think about your life. Just take, take, a, take a gauge in your life and say, okay, where are my passions at? Where are my passions at? so just a few thoughts for you today to think through and to consider when it comes to not worrying about tomorrow not worrying about what's going to come we do have a responsibility make no mistake this isn't just a whimsical throw everything off and it's all going to be happy and 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 god's going to take care of everything yes he is but you also have a very important part to play we have responsibility and do not forget that you have value you have value And if you ever wonder and if you ever doubt the value that you have to the Father, just read the Gospels. All through, they just leak with the value that God has for his people. You can't read one sentence of the Gospels and not see a value that is put on mankind through God and through Jesus. And then evaluate your passions. Look at your passions in life and see am i passionate about the kingdom well if i'm not it's probably going to show it's probably going to show in my life because i carry a lot of worry and anxiety in my life so just a few things to get you going here and obviously we're going to discuss it in House Church. You're going to have a great conversation. I hope that this has done something to spark conversation in you and uh, and giving you some things to just think about. Uh, but I want to pray for you today and just believe that as you go here today that God's with you. God blesses your conversation time. and uh, And he just continues to reveal more and more of himself to you. Father, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for the message that you have shared with us. God, I thank you for your words in the Sermon on the Mount. And God, your charge to us to not worry, to do our responsibility, to do our part, but to not worry, to trust you. I pray that you would help us this week to be able to release that to you and to be able to stand in our value and who we are before you. Father, we love you. We pray that you would cover this time in our week and that you would continue to speak to us and that this would not just be a Sunday-only thing. We love you so much. Amen. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.